Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Cruella. Directed by Craig Glasby, Cruella is the crime comedy film based on the character Cruella DeVille from Dodie Smith's 1956 novel, The 101 Dalmatians. The movie is out now in cinemas and on Disney+, Plus, but it is behind the premium access wall, so you've got to pay extra for it. If you haven't watched Cruella yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. This is the third live-action adaption in the 101 Dalmatians franchise and serves, I guess, technically as a prequel, providing an origin story for the Cruella DeVille character. Luke, you have the plot. Set in 1970s London amidst the punk rock revolution, a young grifter determined to make a name for herself with her designs named Estella befriends a pair of young thieves. One day, Estella's flair for fashion catches the eye of the Baroness von Hellman, a fashion legend who is devastatingly chic and terrifying. But their relationship sets in motion a course of events and revelations that will cause Estella to embrace her wicked side and become the raucous, fashionable and revenge-bent Cruella Deville. You want to break out of the song, don't you? You're fighting it. <laughs> oh, I know you want almost. to. Let's do it. Let's no. I I think the the song at the end, Florence of the Machine, that's on this movie. But yeah, you're talking about the original one from the cartoon. Uh, Yeah. Hey, you know, do they do it in this? At the very end, yeah. But it's there's a post. There's a post credit scene. Did you see the post credit scene? Yeah, man, on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, okay. The movie had been and gone. I'd watched it. I couldn't be asked going back in and watching oh, it that way. But yes, oh, I did go back and see <laughs> the post-credit scene. Well, there it is. But I didn't Deville, sit through the song well. to get to it because I didn't think there was going to be something. All good. All good. So, uh, Disney live action. Uh, I'm going to not use the phrase remake. I'm going to use the phrase adaptions. Disney live action adaptions. They're at it again. They're doing it here. 101 Dalmatians gets the treatment this time, focusing on Cruella DeVille. Are you a, are you a Dalmatians fan? A, uh, a 101 Dalmatians fan, I should say? I've seen them. I've seen, you know, the original cartoon. My kids have watched them. Last year, we watched the two Glenn Close movies. My youngest watches 101 Dalmatian Street. That's the Disney TV series. I've seen a lot of Dalmatian <laughs> films slash TV series. Yes, I am very familiar. And I, I thought my kids would be into this. And I knew you couldn't be watching it before me. So I just asked you, like, hey, is this like kid friendly? Because this is a PG movie. But based on all those trailers, it didn't look as though it was something I could sit down my three-year-old to watch. Although she did show some interest to the ads initially. But then she went off the idea. My eldest, eight, wasn't into the trailers at all. My wife said no. And I was, and I was watching it for this review. And I started thinking, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to watch it. Like, I was getting into a weird headspace with this movie. Like, everyone around <laughs> me was saying, no, nah, I don't want to watch it. For whatever, whatever reason, 
my wife did end up watching with me. My wife did end up watching it with me, and I'm glad. And I did end up having a good time with it. But just going into this movie, I was honestly thinking, if not for this review, I probably wouldn't watch it. That's a long yeah, answer. The, what about you? What's your experience uh, with Dalmatians? I mean, I, 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 yes, I've experienced the Dalmatians. That's, <laughs> that's the short answer. That's, that's short a better answer. answer. Um, but, mate, like, like you, but with those trailers, like, you know, they were pretty... They were pretty freaky, you know. I was getting like, okay, Disney's doing like their their own little Joker movie, essentially. And you know, I've seen those comparisons been yeah, some drawn, and even after watching this, I can say, well, you know, because the tone, yeah, it's quite dark. You know, you asked me that question, you know, after the fact, like, oh, is it is it suitable for you know, like young kids? I'm like, there's nothing in this, even though it's a dark movie, and you know, there's a bit of dark humor, and it it does kind of. Uh, allude to things like death and murder and all you know, because you know, all, I mean, all bits and pieces. After all, it's it's not it's not overly inappropriate for kids. I think a kid would wouldn't be too scared, or you know, they wouldn't suffer greatly from watching this. It's, it's there's not too much in it. However, it's not really a kids' film. It's not directed as I, I wouldn't even say it's a family film. It they, does go quite dark but it's more so the the tone and the storyline and even like the action and the humor and all that like there's not enough there to entertain i guess like a kid's mind if that makes i agree sense. completely but yeah it's a pg there's some dark elements in here and i reckon they've had to toe the line and done what they've needed to do to keep it a pg so they do yeah. want younger people to watch this movie. I just don't think it's appealing to them. Well, certainly not my kids. And they yeah, are even, big into Disney. Even myself, though, I wasn't. I wasn't like overly like pumped for it. I was like, oh, okay, we're getting a getting an origin story for Cruella Deville. You know, like okay, a villain origin story. All right, what are they going to do here? Are they? just trying to do like their own kind of Joker type thing. Oh, look, I'll watch it. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. And then something happened, you know, Emma, Emma Stone suddenly was on screen. It was the scenes where it was like, she was, I think she had like that, that first job that we, we see, you know, and she's, you know, she's not loving it. And I'll turn to the wife and I'm like, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I don't, mm. I, yeah, this movie, it got me. I was like, I'm enjoying this, and, and I really gonna, didn't let up. Hey, listen, I'm going to say, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say this. Got me too. Very, yeah. very quickly, if I'm honest. What didn't occur to me because I've said already, like I've seen different Dalmatian films and TV series, but I guess just the idea of having. Emma Stone, an American, in the lead. And I'd seen the trailers and it looked interesting and everything else, but for whatever reason, stupidly, didn't occur to me, hey, this is actually going to be an English film. <laughs> Set in <laughs> London, yeah. primarily almost an all-English cast and a great cast as well. And when you've got the two Emmas, Stone and Thompson, incredible. And Emma Thompson really is one of those actresses that could just, she can do it all. And she's so entertaining. 
So this movie opened, and again, how I felt going into it, thinking, I'm only watching it for the review. And soon into the film, I'm like, yep, got me. Got me too. I, I am enjoying enjoying this film. And then it's one of those things where it is a prequel to the story and the character that we know, but there is some changes. Yeah, Whether it be, I, I, I think, you know, character portrayal and uh, interactions between certain characters are played differently. Like when we're introduced to Jasper and Horace, you're like, oh, that's the guys. That's the, the bumbling henchmen, that's you the know, g- from, from <laughs> the, the guys. It's those guys, but then you quickly realize. Is that how excited oh. you were when they. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's those guys. I mean, if I'm honest, I was pretty excited to see Joel Fry. He's the guy playing mm. Jasper. Like, I know him from a lot of uh, British TV. It was good seeing, seeing him here. But yeah, no, it's, hey, these are the guys that we know. But again, like their relationship meeting as kids, it's. They've rewritten certain things. I guess they've had to. But it's it's the character that we know, but we're experiencing it all for the first time. So there was a lot of interest off the bat. Yeah, I think any um like any attempt to do some sort of prequel origin stories type thing to a character, and you know have other characters that you eventually will meet again, you know pop up and appear or feature even heavily, and you're creating backstory you're creating relationships and developing them giving them depth and levels that weren't there before and yeah just more character traits and stuff you run the risk of i guess alienating i guess the purest of um you know the the source material the other adaptions whether it be the animation or the you know the live action glenn close films or whatever else but i feel like no matter what happened in this movie, even with all those changes, we still got to that end point. And yeah, like it's a bit different, but we get to that end point and it's like, we literally could walk into any of the Dalmatian movies, the animation ones or that Glenn Close live action yeah. movie. It, like, we, it, it, well, yes, yes or no. I mean, I think the sort of changes to this film that it doesn't perfectly line up. Oh, no. Certainly, as you say, with that post credit no, but... scene, it sets up the the main story that we're familiar with. By the end of it, you know, Corella is Corella Deville, and she's yes. in a position where if she does, you know, like, you know, she's got a few screw looses. She's just one one screw away from, you know, doing something nutty. Yeah, no, <laughs> the character's positioned exactly where it needs to be. So I think as an origin story for Cruella de Vil, I think they really, they get it done. But they it's did, it, yeah. you know, just with any sort of, I guess, villain being your main character, you know, they've got to create someone empathetic that you can still root for, even though, you know, they're going to end up being that, um, you know, dog murderous uh you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they also Just have to introduce somebody worse, and we get that in the Baroness a lot worse that, than yeah. Cruella is is in this movie. We're just talking about you, you're right, like setting up what could come after this movie. But what threw me, and I completely missed this like a bloody idiot. It wasn't until after watching the film, and my wife missed it as well. So we we've got 
Roger Dearly, the lawyer in this movie, mm. who I know <laughs> from what we do in the shadows, and he is excellent, Caven uh, Novak. So he's, you know, the, the lawyer who's very good at his job, but ends up losing his job. And then we've got Anita Darling. I miss the Darling part. But again, like how we know those characters from that original story, like the, the age difference is very apparent. Like Cruella is a lot older, yet they were right. school friends in this version. So that's what I mean. It doesn't set up perfectly because they have made some changes and maybe that played into it. I certainly didn't recognize Kirby Howell Baptiste as Anita, who would then go on to be, you know, one of the main dog owners in that main story. Missed that completely. I was doing prep for the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, wow. No, I mean, <laughs> when they realize. name dropped, when they name dropped, or both with Anita and when they name dropped a Roger, um, my first thought was like, oh, maybe they're just kind of including characters with those names, almost like an homage. Maybe they're not actually doing anything with it. It's just sort of like a bit of an Easter egg, I guess. Like, hey, is a... And they just... And I didn't even... I didn't know that Anita's surname was actually Darling. I thought that was just something Corella DeVille said. Oh, I'm right. going to stand yes. by that. No, I, I knew that, but I don't remember her being referred to as Anita Darling in this movie, and I watched it yeah, no, she, today. Yeah, in the it's when she's still a kid, and it's like... Ah. Um, She's Emma, Tom, Emma Stone, sorry, is narrating and then saying like, oh, you know, classmate, blah, 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 blah. Anita, darling. And she says it and, you know, the Even way that then, says it. You're right. It sounds like a sign of endearment. She's just saying, Anita, darling. You yeah, know, exactly. like not, I, Anita, darling. I missed it. And that's, <laughs> that's okay. I, I mean, I think we've said already, we both enjoyed this movie. Like, to what extent we'll, we'll give him the rating. Review's done. Well, Let's wrap it up. No, the point <laughs> I'm making, that for me personally would have added more to it. Like, oh, look, th- these are the... Cap- I didn't realise until after yeah. I watched the whole movie that, ah, oh, characters from that original animated Disney movie were in this more than the bad guys. I realised when, when the characters kept popping up, and I was like, "Oh no! Like these are actual characters. What are the, what are they doing here?" And then the you know the part where they refer to, um, you know, Roger gets fired from the Baroness, and then again Emma Stone's narration states that, um, you know, he kind of hates me because of because mm. of that. And it's like, oh man, that is that. That is that's the Roger. Yeah, that's in hindsight, Pongo's pet <laughs> Roger. <laughs> in hindsight, it's a. Uh... It all fits. But you, you know what I'm talking about. Right? You've seen What We Do in the Shadows, the, the US TV show. Yeah, yeah. So like whenever, so I guess I was too distracted. Like whenever... You were just focused on Roger that. Whenever was on screen, I just turned to my wife and went, you'll know. Now he pronounces his servant's name in that show. So maybe I was, I was distracting myself. Mark Strong is in this as John. We, he comes and goes for the longest time with no doubt. <laughs> he's just there. He's like, hang on a minute, that's yeah. Mark Strong. And it's not until later right. on. He but he plays a very thing. integral role. Very integral, he is, yeah. He is the, the plot twist yeah. revealing son of a bitch. Like, he is, mm. he is the man to break the, to break the movie. And Plays a big part. I get a flashback. He's got hair. I had a giggle. <laughs> weird, eh? So weird. He looks so, so strange with hair. <laughs> Looks strange. Um, well, I mean, we can talk. We can talk that twist. Did you see that coming? I I did not. I did not see it coming. Okay. 
So family heirloom, she's there. My first thought, the Baroness was her auntie. And that oh. the mum so had gone still... to see her sibling. So right. off the bat, like I'm talking the movie opens. They go to the Baroness's place in that moment. And you're like, they must be related. There must be some sort of relation. The, okay. There's a there's a relation here, but I thought that she was the Baroness's niece. That's what I was thinking. Um at one point, my wife turned to me and says, oh, do you think John's her dad? This was before the reveal, the Mark Strong character. Oh, no, I don't think it's that. But it was always like there's something going on with with the Baroness. But her being her daughter, as soon as that was revealed, it's like, yeah, that just fits perfectly. I mean... Yeah, it really does fit perfectly. Oh, it yeah. does. And, and again, it just makes the Baroness just even worse. Like when she's like... You know, when she's talking to uh, to John and she's like, you know, I thought you knew me better. I said, deal with it. Kill the baby. Like, it's like oh, wow, she's <laughs> awful. Like, you know, and yeah. the opening. You, what's worse when, than puppy killing? Baby killing. <laughs> but the opening, when the Dalmatians kill who Cruella thought at the time was her birth mother, and then you're thinking, well, you know, when she's older, She's like really, she likes to look at Dalmatians, but she dislikes Dalmatians. You're like, yeah, I get it. They killed the mum. Yeah, I, Do you know well, what I mean? thought they were, like, wow. I thought that's what they were trying to do. I thought they were setting up the fact that, and I was like, oh, that's a bit, bit cheap, bit easy. You know, like, oh, she's, yeah, Dalmatians killed my parent, my mum, so I'm going to hate dogs now. But she really likes dogs. She has, yeah, yeah. she has her own dog, and then she, Body. Kind of uh, essentially, yeah, and then but then you know, Horace and Jasper have a dog of their own, and she Wink. You know, almost is like a I've got all the dog names, I've remembered them. Wink, the chihuahua <laughs> with the eye patch, okay, uh, th- then that makes it. There we go, it just uh, it just uh, it, it stuck it, with me. Yeah, <laughs> she even you know, she takes on at the end of the movie, she takes on the three baronesses, uh, three Dalmatians, like, yeah, she. It, not a dog hater in this movie. No, it almost makes you think that. So, I mean, we should say, right? So this movie, I think, was out one weekend and Disney announced the sequel. So it's going to happen. So we're going to continue. What direction, we don't quite know yet. But maybe this is a different Cruella because there's a moment in this movie where she's wearing a dress or whatever she's wearing, a dress, and it's got Dalmatian patterns. And then she's chatting to Anita and she's like, you know, you didn't really like use real Dalmatians, did you? And she's like, oh, well, if that's what some people will believe, I'll let them believe it. So it's like this movie is like mm. saying that the you know, people's perception is that she is wearing Dalmatians. But she didn't wear the Dalmatians. She had the Baroness's three dogs safe and sound, but she was allowing <laughs> people to believe she was that far gone. So maybe Can that's you imagine what we could do a s- in the future. Could you imagine a sequel where it's like there is no kidnapping of puppies, but it's a plot point that there's a like a it's a it's a rumor that she had kidnapped uh, well ninety nine puppies yeah. oh, and made a coat out of them. I reckon. I reckon that for them. I mean, again, that would the be se- the sequel is confirmed. So surprising. The director, <laughs> the writer from this movie is coming back for that second film. So it's definitely happening. But they're not just doing. The same film again. I mean, this is a prequel. It's different in itself. 
but moving forward, there could be enough changes. You know, one of the things, and we will get back to this film, but one of the things that I heard from an interview with Stone and Thompson, they were talking about the approach to the sequel being a Godfather 2 approach, where right, it would okay. be both a prequel and a sequel. So you'd have Emma Stone and Glenn Close as Cruella. That would be amazing. What they bring, they bring back Glenn, uh, Glenn, Close, Glenn Close, who wouldn't oh. necessarily be playing that version of the character we've had before in those two live action movies, but will just be playing an older version of Stone's Cruella. Oh. Anyway, just an idea they chucked out there. And I heard that hey, for oh, you know, that it's would be pretty cool. I mean, Glenn Close did produce Glenn, this movie. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, interesting little fact there is that. Um, and do you know what? A little part of me wants to believe. You know, in the scene where you've got all the you've got all the women dressed up as as Corella with like the the white and black wigs, and which stuff. was a great a idea. A little part of me, a little part of me, just hopes that Glenn Close was in that scene somewhere. Ah, yes, yeah. sporting. It would be nice. Just be imagine nice. she was. I mean, she was a producer. She may have had a day on set. Yeah. She may be... Maybe. Or she might have done nothing one. and they just sent her a check. I don't know. Producer credits are confusing. I but just can't believe anyway. that. Here we are, though. <laughs> so so soon after our review of Army of the Dead, we're reviewing another heist movie. Because that's what this is. It's a crime caper. It's a heist movie. And I, I really enjoyed, all enjoyed the- it. I enjoyed all the heistiness of it. I movie. did too. And I've talked about the, the, so, okay, so Jasper and Horace, the two friends. I mean, Jasper, I mentioned Joel Fry earlier. Did you recognize Horace at all? Like, I know he did that Clint Eastwood movie recently. It's Paul Walter Hauser. And as soon as he came on screen, I turned to my wife and said, it's Stingray from Cobra Kai. That's who it is. Oh, Yes, is he that Clint Eastwood movie is that the one? Uh, oh, Richard like Jewell, uh, Richard Jewell. Yeah, the His one about the, in the title. Yeah, the bomber one. Yes, <laughs> it's him. It's him. But before I can't that, remember what the before thing's called, that Eastwood yeah. movie was Stingray in Cobra Kai, and there's that scene where he goes to the kids' party and he starts beating up teenagers. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, so, honestly, this film it's got such a good cast. Like you know, the, the main cast. But then just the smaller parts as well. And, you know, coming from the UK and, you know, I watch a lot of UK film and TV and somebody who I am a fan of, Steve Edge, is a, you know, British comedian or actor and he pops up in various things. The scene in the, like probably the first 10, 15 minutes in The Jewelers and he's just there working and it looks like his character is about to say something and it cuts away. And that's it no more but it happens with these movies like you know it happens with the Paddington films where you'll get like notable UK talent popping up as ex- maybe a as line extras? of dialogue but yeah like it's, I mean it looked like Steve Edge maybe did have a line which didn't make it into the movie maybe they'd cut it but yeah. it's, it's quite it's quite strange it's like oh I, I know him I'm a, I'm a fan of his and he didn't come back anyway I just want to mention that <laughs> I don't think many no, reviewers no. are going to be mentioning Steve Edge. <laughs> so I want to give him a shout-out. So, uh, see? He, he's, we know he's a listener, right? Surely, to us. Um, but no, like, across the board, like, this cast, not only are they, you know, 
just doing a, a good dramatic performances where we're needed. It's like fitting in with like this sort of dark comedic tone that is, you know, woven throughout this film. Everyone's delivering almost exactly where they need to be. Like enough sort of just zaniness, like creepiness, but also a, you know, restrained enough that it, it feels grounded and, and still real. Yeah. And it, it still sort of pops in this, in this world. Um, I think everyone's doing a, a good job. And I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, I agree with that completely, but just as the lead Emma Stone, perfect. She nails it. No matter, no matter if she's um, Estelle or Cruella, like she's doing all of it. Yeah. She's doing, she's the narrator. She's like, she's doing so much. And it's she's when, fantastic. when she starts to become like a little bit crazy and like, just like driven. And I say that in the most polite, like, like that chaotic driven. I just buy it. I'm like, I, I've spent enough time with this character and Emma Stone's performance. And I'm like, yeah, I can see the cracks and I can see yeah. that character progressing. And then, you know, you said it, the two Emmas, Emma Thompson, like delivering on the Baroness's, uh, that, that character. It's just, it's just another one of, add it to the list of the roles that she was born to play. Like Emma, Emma Thompson usually does just, take over and, and just do well with the role that, that she's got. And this is another one. Add it to her list. I love her. She's, oh, she's me, great. Me too. Like, everything about this movie is working for me. The only th- I guess, okay, yes, the, the cast, the 1970s London setting, the the punk rock soundtrack, like all of it is fantastic. If I was... And I've mainly got just positive things to say. If I was going to bring in a negative, it's long. It felt Ooh. long. It Ooh. did not not massively like not, but it. I did. I did start to feel the length because it, everything was kind of happening in waves. There's a few. There's like a few things happening at once, and I did start to feel. Feel the length. I mean, I think the complete runtime with end credits is like just short of two hour fifteen. So yeah. really, it's about a two hour film, but it did feel quite long. Do you know when this movie felt long to me? When when it when it first started, and I looked at the timestamp, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, two hours fifteen is a long one." And then after that, gone. I just enjoyed the ride. It it actually moves so much happens in this movie. I feel like the pace. Sometimes it's probably too fast because I think, I think there were some moments where it's like, hey, yeah, you could have slowed down, give us a little bit more of that. This movie just keeps, oh, it's yeah. like it really there's does. always something going on. So, I mean, unless you had someone to be, I reckon. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't feel the time. I really didn't. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I did. I, I started to feel it, but everything else was just working. So it's it kind of. Th- I didn't feel the time as in like, oh man, it's dragging, it's dragging. I just, I felt like, I think it's what you're saying there. Like it is such a jam packed film and it's in a lot of things are happening at such a fast pace and it is really enjoyable. There's a lot going on, but I think maybe that's what it was. I felt like so much had happened already. And then it was still, oh, but it was like, we're, we're still, yeah, we're still, still doing stuff. You know, have you, 
and not just this movie, just movies in general. Like, have you noticed like the end credits are getting longer? It's something yeah, because... I've definitely noticed. I mean, because again, like this, I think the runtime, let's say two hours fifteen, it's a two-hour movie. You know, last night with the kids, I watched Rhea and the Last Dragon, and going into it, okay, so it's one hour fifty. The movie finished at one hour thirty. Like twenty minutes of oh. like increase, and I get well, it. Animation, there's a lot of there's a lot of people to credit. But yeah, should, there's definitely. I just feel like you used to be able to go into a movie. Oh, how how long is this film? And then you know you'd always have to you know think oh there's going to be like however many minutes whatever of credits. But you used to be able to like you know have a rough idea. Okay, so I've got this amount of time to watch this film. Whereas now I'd put that time aside with later films or more recent films. And then way sooner than I expected, the whole thing's over. But 20 minutes, Rhea and the Last Dragon. That's quite a lot. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, you're right. Like, a lot, there's a lot more people, you know, putting I their efforts into, sitting, into a movie. I, you know, I've got the kids. But, keep them engaged. I'm sitting down for, like, what could be an almost two-hour movie. 90 yeah. minutes. End credits. I, We're done. I don't know if this is just for... If this is the same for movies, but on Disney+, Plus, say if you watch pretty much any any TV series or, or whatever, you don't just get the standard credits, like the English credits. You get like multiple language credits. I have noticed that. And then, I don't know, some other stuff. So it's like that kind of beefs up the credits a lot. That's why when you put an episode of like The Mandalorian on and it says 47 minutes, it's like it's actually only like 32 minutes or something. The rest is credits and everyone's well, like, yeah. Maybe it's more so a Disney thing. I mean, it's a Cruella, you know, it's a Disney Plus or it's a movie yeah. available on Disney Well, that's, Plus I'm assuming that's the timestamp that you're looking at. I just, again, Mia, The Last Dragon. Okay, so it's an hour 50 and then one hour 30. Oh, we're finished. We're done. Actually, on that, really enjoyed it. Good film. Anyway, back to, <laughs> back to that's Cruella. We should, we should. Look, you mentioned the, I guess the last thing we probably can talk about, um, you did mention the soundtrack. Yes. Um, but I feel like we, we you just brished over. You brished oh, yeah, over I knew we, we were always going to come back to it. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so, it is I mean, amazing. If I, the only negative I could probably put on it is the fact that it's like, is the movie, and this is just me speculating, is the movie relying too much on the soundtrack to create the emotion there, you know, like the, how you meant to feel in that scene. Is it reliant? I don't know. Maybe. But the songs are cool. Yeah. The songs I, all yes. fit. They're, they're period appropriate. They're, they, they, they just seem like the songs that this Estella slash Cruella DeVille character would be listening Tonally, to. this um, film, the, the use of the songs, it fits it perfectly. And the scores, uh, the score as well, sorry. It, the score works in a way that whether it's sound effects or some of the songs used in the film, it kind of blends in. You know, there's um, the car horn on Cruella's car, the same sound yeah. effect for the cartoon. But there's different sounds wow. that yeah. they use and they incorporate. We should have probably talked about some of, the, some of the songs as well. Some of the artists, like, you know, there's a Queen song in this film uh what else do we have so uh, specifically it is stone cold crazy we've got blondies one way or another the doors five to one 
the clash should I stay, should I go? Nia Simone's feeling good. And they just the list goes on. Yeah. There's, a, oh, right. there's, a, there's another song as well. It's, oh, it's a famous song, but it's a Tina Turner cover, but that's in there as well. But there's, there's so many amazing songs in this. And everything about the film, whether it's visually, like the sound, you know, the music, it's expensive. Everything about it looks <laughs> yeah. like it's a big, expensive production. And I, I really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie a lot and just again like as i press play to watch it i'm like oh here we go doing it for the podcast it's the only reason why i'm watching it and straight away i can't remember the last time i was turned around so quick on a film before yeah i mean i i think i knew that i was enjoying it when it started it was just that moment where i mentioned earlier where I just, I vocalized it, <laughs> where I, I vocalized it to the wife. I was like, I'm having a good time. Oh my God. <laughs> and then yeah. she, she nodded in agreement. It was like, yeah, shit, me too. Like she, so I think all of us were all just as surprised as one yeah. another. And, um, and again, like my, my wife wasn't going to watch it, but she did. And just like I did, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, let's, let's speak for ourselves and our wives um, and rate this movie. Um, what do you and your wife give this, <laughs> give this Ooh, movie? That's a very good question. Very good question. I, wow, I'm actually going to be coming quite high with this. And it's like really, really surprising me. And the only thing, and I could watch this again. I could gladly just watch this again. It's... Maybe when my kids are a bit older, I'll um I'll sit down and watch it with them. I I'm actually going to come in. This is about to be higher than you, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm going to come in at a four point five. Oh. 4.5. And ah. listen, right? I wasn't planning on a four point five. It's where I'm at because. I mentioned, you know, the, the runtime. But even whilst recognising the runtime, I was still enjoying what was happening. <laughs> so I couldn't, like, after that review, I couldn't come in, oh, you know what? Ah, 2.5. 3 out of 5. Ah, it's high. <laughs> it's one of the highest movies I think I've, I've reviewed this year. And I'm, that's I'm concerning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's concerning. We're going to get to year in review and be like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number one movie of the year, Cruella, followed by Army of the Dead. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> you know. But, ah, you know what? I just, I had, I had fun with this. And, and again, I will admit that it being a British set movie, 70s London, the soundtrack, that would have added a lot to my enjoyment. But Emma Stone is phenomenal in this film. The other Emma, Emma Thompson. I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. What about you? What are you going to give it out of five? Well, the reason I was like, ah, oh, when you said 4.5, is because that was what I was going to say. You still can. <laughs> well, I will. 4. I'm a trailblazer. 4.5 out of five. I just wish I had gone first. I mean, god damn. But yeah, 4.5 out of five. For me, um, it's probably quicker if I point out the things that I'm taking half a mark off for. Um, There's a couple and only a couple little instances where the CGI dogs 
look like CGI dogs. Mm. So half a point for that. Um, and then also it just kind of weirds me out. Again, it's the, it's the, po- it's the mid credit scene or post, whatever you want to call it. So, so one of, one of the Baroness's Dalmatian dogs has puppies. Corella gives those puppies one to Anita, one to Roger, who will go on to be the parents of a litter of 15 puppies. Is ancestral puppy breeding? Is that a thing? Is that like, or is that, I don't, oh, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a dog breeder. Is that a thing? Oh, so, they, oh, so this, yeah, the siblings. Yeah, the right. brother and sister. Ah, oh, I didn't think of that until you just, I didn't think uh, of that. <laughs> and it makes me uncomfortable. It it's probably not a big deal. The dogs, again, I'm not a breeder, but I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you put that idea that. in my head. Because I feel like someone didn't think that through. The name, of, because I've remembered the dog's names, the name of the dog who was pregnant is Genghis. Because <laughs> up until that point... <laughs> what is with you and the dog name? Because they're mentioned in the film, Wink is a chihuahua yeah, with an like, eye patch. It's easy to remember like that it. One. Buddy is Estella's buddy, and that's what she okay. names him. You're going to have to name what, what are the What are the other two Dalmatians called then? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. It's a bad line. I can't hear you. <laughs> I don't know the other ones, but they make right. a point of saying Genghis because Horace, it makes a point of saying Genghis is put on white or Genghis is looking fatter. <laughs> right. And it's because they didn't realise it was a female dog and she was pregnant. Mm. Oh. Anyway, of course, I'm being um, just a little bit funny with the, uh, with the Purdy and Pongo being siblings. Um, look, thoroughly, really good, surprising movie. Oh, my God. Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, fantastic. And everyone else is doing what they're doing. Like, holy shit, what a surprise. What a surprise, especially following Disney's most recent Disney remake. That wasn't that great. What was that one? Mulan. That was Mulan. Hey, listen, I've seen the live action version. I haven't seen the cartoon. You've never seen it? No, never. Really? Yeah, I will one day. It's like, yeah. I think it's one of the, maybe the only Eddie Murphy film I haven't seen. I'll watch it. I will. I but don't will you, watch it. didn't you once like, don't you hell love that song? But I'll make a man out of what, you the song? Donny Osmond song. That one. Uh, sure. Let's get down <laughs> to business. I've not yeah, seen that the one. Film. Yeah. Well, but you know the song. I've heard the song. Okay. My, my kids have watched it and it's a bit on the background, but I've never actually sat down and watched the cartoon and I was told I need to give a bit of distance between I was told not to watch the cartoon before the live action one so I'm just waiting <laughs> I'll go back to it but Maleficent that was the first live action villain origin that's movie a, wasn't it that's a good point so that was the first one they did a sequel that first one was actually decent and then the sequel happened less said the better but this one Cruella see it's technically it's the second isn't it uh, yeah, I completely forgot about uh, Maleficent, and I guess that speaks volumes. But again, good point. first one, first one's decent, and then mm. Mistress of Evil is a film <laughs> that was released. Yeah, look in my mind with all like, especially with the Disney princess movies, I'm like, they should do like a team up movie. You know, you get Belle and Cinderella and. 
whichever other ones I've done. Team them I up. Mean, they kind Princess of, Jasmine. They, they could do it. That. In that scene in um, Wreck-It Ralph 2. You've no, but like, but like the live action ones. Oh, live action. Like a Disney princess, like Avengers thing. They could, they could now build towards like a villain. Like a sinister right. oh, six mean, of, of right. Disney villain. So you're, oh, okay, so if we go back to Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella, I believe that was the first. We're starting there. Yeah. And then we're going to get yeah. Emma Watson as Belle. Yeah, that's right. And get all them. Naomi Scott as Princess Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was good. I guess we'll throw in Mulan. What else have they done? They've done a few more. Have they? I think you named them. I don't know. Yeah. They could throw in Nala just for fun. Be a bit weird. She's <laughs> throw <alive>. in Nala. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. And that's the end of that is she movie. she a princess? She's not a princess. Oh, no, I guess well, she, she is. She becomes a queen. That's right, yeah. Okay. This review got weird. Fast. It did. Let's wrap it up. With some I don't trivia. even know where we're up Just... to. What, what part are we doing? Trivia, 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 okay. trivia. trivia. <laughs> trivia. All right, so... This is, this is just funny Emma Stone antics, I guess. So um, they had to actually delay filming for a little bit so Emma Stone could go to some uh, physical therapy. The night before a Spice Girls concert in London in June of 2019, um, Emma Stone uh, was running in boots on a wood floor she slipped and broke her shoulder in two places. She still went to the concert. However, she had to go with her arm in a sling and she didn't go for an x-ray until the next day because she wanted to go to the Spice Girls concert. And they had to delay filming. Trivia. Done. Huh. Cool. Is that the yes. first time we've mentioned the Spice Girls? I think it is. Like ever yeah, on, on, on the podcast, the... I'd say, yeah, maybe. And what's this? Is like episode what two hundred and eighty-eight, up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the first there. time they mentioned the Spice Girls. Now yeah. thinking about it, I think maybe we have. But it doesn't matter. Let's go with it being the first time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it an effort to mention them as much as possible. Okay, cool. Going forward, just whenever I can. Just for fun, we could do like just um, just drop in a sentence a song title. Maybe do that instead oh. of like specifically calling out. I challenge you. <laughs> mm. Now, next movie show is going to just be yeah. nothing just don't but ask me if I want skills. to be your lover. <laughs> well, you've got to get with my friend. <laughs> oh, that's a lyric. That's, that's a lyric. It's not a song title. But okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's it for our <laughs> review of Corella and a whole lot of other random shit that just kind of. We got to. I don't know why. Uh, please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.